Today's podcast of In Conversation with God on the Relevant Radio app is brought to you by ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter Publishers brings you the finest in Catholic spiritual reading. For more information, go to ScepterPublishers.org. Today's reading from In Conversation with God is for Friday of the first week of Advent. The topic is Increasing Our Faith. Part 1. The Need for Faith. Asking for it. The deaf that day will hear the words of a book, and after shadow and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. But the lowly will rejoice in the Lord even more, and the poorest exult in the Holy One of Israel. The new era of the Messiah is proclaimed by the prophets to be full of joy and of marvels. The Redeemer will ask only one thing of us, faith. Without this virtue, the kingdom of God will not come among us. The Gospel of today's Mass tells of two blind men who follow after Christ, shouting for him to cure them. Son of David, take pity on us, they say. Our Lord asks them, Do you believe I can do this? When they reply, Yes, Lord, he sends them away cured with the words, According to your faith, be it done to you. In the same way, he restores the sight of another man in Jericho. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. He assures the father whose daughter has died, Do not fear. Only believe, and she shall be well. A few moments earlier, he has cured a woman who has suffered for twelve years from an internal hemorrhage. Coming up behind him, she has touched the fringe of his cloak. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. To the Canaanite, he will say, Woman, great is thy faith. And later, be it done to you as you desire. For those who believe, there are no obstacles. All things are possible to him who believes, he says to the father of the boy possessed by a dumb spirit. The apostles open their hearts and minds to our Lord in all simplicity. They know their faith is often not great enough to take in the things they see and hear. So one day they ask Jesus, Increase our faith. And our Lord replies, If you had faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this sycamore tree, Be rooted up and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. We, too, are in the same situation as those first followers of Christ. Our faith falters when we see how few are our resources, when we are faced with difficulties in our apostolate, and with events that we have to learn to understand from a supernatural point of view. If we live with our eyes fixed on God, we need fear nothing. As St. Ambrose tells us, faith if it is strong, protects the whole house. It protects our whole life. With faith, we can achieve results far in excess of our own scanty powers. Literally, nothing will be impossible. 
In the words of St. Jose Maria, Christ lays down one condition. We must live by faith. Then we will be able to move mountains. And so many things need moving in the world. But first of all, in our hearts. Let us imitate the apostles and humbly but manfully ask our Lord to have pity on us, for we know how weak and cowardly we are. Lord, increase our faith, we say to him in our prayer. Holy Mary, ask your Son to increase our faith, so often weak and feeble. With this confidence, we await the birth of our Lord, and for this reason we pray with the Church. O God, who sees how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's Nativity, enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Part 2. Faith, our greatest treasure, guarding it, communicating it. Faith is the greatest treasure we have, so we must use all the means at our disposal to conserve it and increase it. It is only logical, therefore, that we should defend our faith against anything that could endanger it, being careful about what we read, especially in these times when error is rampant, by avoiding shows that can soil the heart, by being on our guard against the temptations of the consumer society, and alert to the danger of television programs that can endanger the treasure we have received. Let us put into practice the means for acquiring an adequate religious formation, necessarily all the more solid, the more difficult the environment that surrounds us and the situations in which we are compelled to lead our lives. Let us try to recite attentively the Creed at Mass on Sundays and feast days, making a true profession of the faith that is in us. In these times of doctrinal confusion, we must take particular precautions not to give way in the content of our faith, not even in the slightest degree. For in the words of one writer, if one yields ground on any single point of Catholic doctrine, one will later have to yield in another, and again in another, and so on until such surrenders come to something normal and acceptable. And when one gets used to rejecting dogma bit by bit, the final result will be the repudiation of it altogether. If we keep watch over our faith and reflect on it in our daily lives, we will know how to communicate it to those around us. We will bear the same witness to the world as the early Christians did. They were firm as a rock in the face of incredible difficulties. Many of our friends, observing how consistent is our behavior with the faith we profess, will be moved by this calm and firm witness, and will themselves come closer to our Lord. As we hear in the Gospel of Matthew, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father, who is in heaven." What a wonderful promise to inspire us to an apostolic life. 
To acknowledge God before men is to be a living witness to His life and to His words. We want to fulfill our daily tasks, to carry out everything we do according to the doctrine of Jesus Christ, and we should be disposed to make our faith transparent in every one of our family and professional obligations. Let us stop and think for a moment of our work, of our colleagues, of our friendships. Are we seen as people whose lives are totally consistent with our faith? Do we lack the courage to speak to our friends about God? Are we restrained by human respect, by what other people will think of us? Do we concern ourselves with the faith of those who, in one way or another, God has placed in our charge? One consequence of a strong faith is optimism and the certainty that things will go well. God's power goes with us and drives away all possibility of fear. He who has given us a vocation to holiness and a divine mission will also give us the grace to fulfill it. Part 3. Mary's Faith At all times, we ought to follow the example of Our Lady, she whose whole existence was grounded on faith, but especially in this season of Advent, which is a time of waiting, a time of sure hope, before the Messiah is born of her virginal womb. Blessed art thou who hast believed, said her cousin Elizabeth. See with wonder the confidence and serenity of the Virgin Mary at the discovery of her vocation. She is the mother of God. She is that creature of whom, from the beginning of Genesis, the sacred books have been speaking, the one who would crush the head of the enemy of God and of men, the one so often proclaimed by the prophets. Yahweh has regarded the lowest state, the simplicity of his handmaiden. Take the trusting serenity of the Virgin Mary in the secret she kept from St. Joseph. Mary loved Joseph, and she saw him suffer. She trusted in God. It is possible that in following our own vocation or in carrying out God's will, we may be afraid of making our loved ones suffer. He knows how best to arrange things. God knows best. She was to understand later. The accomplishment of God's will, which always involves faith, is the greatest good for ourselves and for those with whom we normally come in contact or have dealings with. Think of the faith of Our Lady in the difficult moments that preceded the birth of Jesus. St. Joseph knocked on many doors that Christmas Eve, and Our Lady heard many refusals. Think of her faith in the face of that rapid flight into Egypt, of God fleeing to a foreign land. Consider, too, Mary's trust every single day of those thirty years when Jesus led his hidden life in Nazareth, when there were no miraculous signs of her son's divinity, nothing but simple and ordinary work. Ponder the faith of Mary on Calvary. This was how the Blessed Virgin made progress on the pilgrimage of faith. 
she maintained her union with her son right up to the cross. There, by the divine plan, she took her stand, endured bitter grief with her only child, shared with a mother's heart in his sacrifice by giving a loving consent to the offering of the victim who had taken birth from her. Mary lives with her eyes fixed on God. She has placed all her trust in the Almighty and surrendered herself entirely to Him. She asks this for us, too, that we may live with unbreakable trust in Jesus, untroubled amidst all the storms of life and eager to pass on the same attitude to those around us. This is what she wants for us her children. And above all, she wants some day to see us in heaven beside her Son. Joining in the liturgy of the church, we pray, O God, who through the childbearing of the Holy Virgin graciously revealed the radiance of your glory to the world, grant, we pray, that we may venerate with integrity of faith the mystery of so wondrous an incarnation and always celebrate it with due reverence. In Conversation with God is based on a seven-book series of the same name. It is produced by Relevant Radio in an exclusive partnership with Scepter Publishers. For more information or to order your own copy of the book, log on to scepterpublishers.org. Scepter is spelled S-C-E-P-T-E-R. That's scepterpublishers.org. This podcast is protected under U.S. copyright laws and is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. To donate, click the Give button on this app right now or visit RelevantRadio.com. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we continue the conversation.